Welcome to the Transform Your Wealth and Health Podcast, where experts in wealth, health, and fitness help transform your life. Here's your host, Andy Arder. She started her property life £60,000 in debt, and over the next two and a half years, transitioned to being debt-free and having lots of fun. Today's guest is Sarah Poynton Ryan. Sarah, how are we doing? I'm amazing, thank you. How are you? <laughs> thank you. Yeah, I'm absolutely great. Thank you. Um, Sarah, You've got an interesting story to tell, and we were talking a tiny bit about it earlier, and you're coming up with more and more surprising things as we were chatting. And some of the stuff you've done is very, very linkable to the people that listen. So I wondered if you'd give us a brief intro and let us know what you do and how you do it and your past as well. Yeah, of course, no problem. First of all, um, thank you very much for inviting me to to do this podcast. I find it incredible that I can kind of help anybody to kind of uh, come on the journey that I've been on in the last couple of years. It's been a crazy one, um, but really good fun. And um, to kind of take you back a little bit uh, from out of university, I went into like a sales job. Uh, I was, it was totally by accident, nothing to do with my degree. I, I listened to a recruitment consultant who told me I'd probably be good at it because I talk a lot um, and I'm quite nosy and I ask a lot of questions. So um, my sales career started like that. Uh, I did recruitment for a long time. Um, in 2012, I, I'd had enough of recruitment, to be honest. It kind of chewed me up and spat me out the other side. It was long hours and... Um, you relied on other people for you to make money and they had to turn up to work for me to get paid. And I always really struggled with that because not everybody works as hard um, as others. So um, it kind of chewed me up and spat me out the other side. And then uh, in 2012, I started my own business, which was Mm -hmm. a photo booth business. So we used to put photo booths into music events and weddings and corporate events and things like that. And if I'm brutally honest, that business just taught me every single way not to run a business. Um, right. You're it, saying that. Yeah, it was the first the first time I'd ever been in business. It was the first time I'd ever tried. And um, honestly, I was just kind of winging it. I didn't really know what, to, what I was doing at all. Who knew that doing your bookkeeping once a year wasn't the way to do it? But apparently not. Um, <laughs> damn, I'm in trouble too then. Yeah, it was one of those. And so I am... Um, I managed to get myself in a bit of a pickle financially, I guess you would say. Uh, so by uh, we got married in uh, September 2015. And after we got married, we went away for a week. We went to Colchester for a week. Not the honeymoon Yeah. Um, it was amazing. We had loads of fun, but it's not really the honeymoon of dreams. Um, and, you know, we were talking like most people do I guess when they get married and what should we do next should we have children or should we go traveling or you know all the different things that you know the next chapter of our life what what does that look like and every single time we just started a conversation it came back to but we've got no money we've got no money we've got no money and I think at that point I was working really hard my husband works hard and you know for us to not be able to kind of progress in our life it just became a little bit much for me I decided that that was enough was enough I'd heard a little bit about bits of property and I'd heard about different strategies like rent to rent and packaging and uh, you know lease options and you know service accommodation all these different buzzwords that we Mm -hmm. hear and I decided on that trip so that was October 2015 that I was going to try and give rent to rent a shot um you want to explain a little bit 
what rent to rent is to the uninitiated yeah absolutely so rent to rent where you you rent a property so you become the tenant of a property but you're granted permission to sublet that property to other people by the landlord um so it's a very transparent subletting model basically um Mm. And the way that we make our money as a rent-to-rent operator is we we pay a single rent value to the landlord, uh, but we have a, a rental income value that's higher. So we we kind of keep the difference after our operational costs. We keep we keep the difference. So the thing about rent-to-rent and why it was attractive to me was because it's well actually in truth i was told you didn't need any money to get started in rent to rent i very quickly found out that that's not true um Mm. you do need a little bit of money because you need to be able to pay things like your first month's rent you need to furnish houses and there's a few like bits at the beginning that you do need to fund um Mm. but it definitely has a very low entry point in terms of funds so you can basically take control of a property and create a, a cash flowing business quite quickly and so in the november of 2015 i decided that was it i was definitely going to be doing that and on the 23rd of december 2015 i signed up my first uh, rent to rent house by the 8th of january that next year it was filled and it was making me money um that house gives me about probably about 750 uh, cash flow per month every month and it's on a mm-hmm. five um, so I was quite pleased with that but I was still learning and I've gone on to kind of build a rent-to-rent portfolio business what I've also done or what I did as kind of a secondary thing was I learned that I can also source on behalf of other investors so people that want to uh, build their portfolios I've got a skill set which allows me to source and secure houses at either at a discount or to do rent-to-renting or whatever strategy um, right. and I- created a business where I now do that on behalf of other investors that want to build their portfolios as well who maybe don't have the time or the inclination or the skill to be able to negotiate like I do so yeah in 2016 I built my rent-to-rent portfolio and I built a, a packaging business so a portfolio building business and it's kind of spiraled from there um the the most recent uh, development of the business is we're now uh, i've got a goal to build 10 houses in 2018 so um, when you say build what, what do you mean by build them you're you're going to actually build them from scratch yeah i'm not going to be putting the bricks down no um, but i will be um you know doing the work to find the sites uh we're doing looking at either commercial to residential units or new builds where we are basically going to be turning buildings or land into homes safe and comfortable homes for people um which two and a half years ago if someone had said to me in 2015 by the end of 2018 you could have built 10 houses i'd have told them that there was absolutely no way at all yeah so it's been a bit of a crazy couple of years it's gone very fast very big learning curve very steep learning curve but honestly it's the most fun i've ever had (laughs) okay so you've definitely transitioned and moved things on and transformed your wealth so to speak so what's your main goals in life nowadays so i think there's a there's kind of two prongs to this i think my underlying goal to to most things that i do is i really want to create a lifestyle for myself and when i get around to having children um you know a lifestyle where if i'm going to be a mum, i can genuinely be a mum, and i don't have to you know miss the school plays and be in the corporate space that's not for me i, I want to be able to have the freedom and the flexibility to to do you know the things that i want to do and and have the time and the space to spend with the people i want to spend it with you know when my nan was really my nan passed away in um 2017 and um, 
because I work for myself, I was able to, you know, spend time with her without feeling guilty about it and be in the hospice with her. And, you know, I, I want a life where actually I can do that. And that's what I'm trying to create for myself. So that kind of sits underneath everything. But in terms of, you know, the business goals and the, the growth goals, I think creating safe, warm, comfortable, I've got a bit of a vision, which is that I believe that everybody kind of has the right to wake up in a safe, warm, comfortable bed. Yeah. And so everything we do in the business, it drives towards that. It's creating you know, good quality homes, affordable homes, um, you know, whether it's a rent to rent basis or whether it's a, a building of a house. Uh, we're trying to do that. We're, we're working a lot with um, charities locally to try and reduce homelessness in the area uh, by providing accommodation into the social sector. There's, you know, there's quite a few different things I'm doing, but really it all kind of links to creating something I can feel proud of every day. Um, and I can go into, you know, when I walk into my office, I, I feel excited by, by everything I do. Um, I can feel like, you know, my, my mum and my nan are proud of me and that, that, for me is important and and that really is kind of the underlying if you like vision of the business is to do stuff that just makes me excited and 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 keeps the business growing well you've certainly done well over the last couple of years haven't you what can you tell the listeners if they wanted to progress what might potentially improve their income there's i mean there's a few things i think for me it was about finding a strategy that was low entry cost because i I couldn't get a deposit together to, you know, to get a buy to let or to even put a deposit down on a, on a house or anything like that. You know, the thought of me saving up like 40 grand to put a deposit on a house or 50 grand or whatever you need these days, usually it's like 25% in my area, you know, that was never, ever going to be able to happen. And I guess for your listeners, it might, they might be able to relate to that a little bit. They might be, you know, where I was two and a bit years ago where, you know, the post comes and you try and work out which one of them you're going to pay because you can't pay them all. You know, I remember that. I remember what that feels like. It wasn't that long ago for me. And I think finding something that allows you to enter without risking an awful lot I think for me gave me that degree of security you know my first house I put 900 pounds into it and you know 900 pounds is a lot of money it was a lot of money to me at the time it's still a lot of money but I scrapped around and I got it together because I felt like I was investing in, in my business yeah. and it, it worked um I think what helped me was I had a mentor um you know I I, I didn't try and reinvent the wheel I just I just did as I was told and actually I I met with my mentor today funnily enough and one of the things that he said to me was that I just did as I was told and that was the difference between me and a lot of the other people that he's mentored is that (laughs) a lot of people take the advice and then turn it into their version and then actually they don't get the same results and I think I think it's Tony Robbins that says you know if you want to be successful in something find somebody that's doing it model what they do and you'll see the same results and I genuinely lived and died by that concept and you know I, I followed my mentor's rules and the advice he gave me literally to the letter mm-hmm. um, and actually I've gone on to probably grow my business quicker than he grew his business because I had the support of, of him and I just followed the rules and I didn't have to make the same mistakes that he made mm-hmm. uh, and so yeah I think having a mentor is definitely something that I never had, I've never had that in my life before. Um, And if I'd had it when I started my first business, would the results have been different? Probably. I think having a mentor and somebody that you can, you know, call on when you're worried about the decisions that you're making. I think one of the things for me was having that safety net. If I wasn't sure I was making the right decision, I would, I would kind of use him as a sounding board and he would either say, you're being ridiculous. This is never going to work, which he did say a few times. 
Or he'd say, actually, yeah, if it was me, I would take that deal. And it was just that reassurance, I think. That really, really helped me to build my confidence. Um, you know, I'm, I'm reasonably confident now. Actually, I, can, I, t I tend to just make decisions now. But it, never was, it wasn't like that then. So find something that you can, that's kind of, you know, a reasonably low entry point. Packaging, rent to rent. If, if property is something you're excited about, then um, learning how to source and package like I do or learning rent to rent is two very, you know, they're not easy strategies, but they are certainly a reasonably low entry point that you could get started in quite quickly and also get a mentor and, and someone you trust, someone you work with, someone you can get on with and somebody that can help you to grow towards your goals that you're trying to get to. Gotcha. So I was going to ask you, if you were starting again, what would you do now, knowing what you know? But I think that's probably the number one thing, I'm guessing. Yeah, I think I'd have started sooner if I if I'd have known. You know, I really wish I'd known this when I was 21. Mm. Yeah, it's a couple of people that I've I've trained recently. I've, I've got uh, one of my one, one students, he's 21. And yeah, I look at him and I, I feel envious sometimes. I think, bloody hell, if someone had showed <laughs> me this stuff when I was 21, my world would be a really different place now. But... Mm. At the same time, I don't regret anything that I went through because it's all part of the, the journey. And, you know, maybe I wouldn't appreciate it as much as I do now had I not gone through the hard times I went through. So I think I'd love to have started a bit sooner. But would I do anything differently? I would try not to do everything myself because when I started out, I definitely spread myself maybe a little bit too thinly uh, because I don't, I'm not really good at saying no. It's not something I'm, I'm great. It's something I'm definitely learning how to do. Um, I'm a bit of a people pleaser and I think I go yeah, yeah yeah I can do that I can do that and all, all of a sudden I was working like 80 90 hours in a week and actually I wasn't getting anywhere and I was I was doing lots of things not very well and so I think I would try to be more focused than I was when I started and now I'm very focused there's some very clear things in my business that I do and I know what I'm doing I know where I'm going I know what I'm trying to get to and I know every day when I come in what I've got to get done to, to move forward towards those goals. And so my focus, I think I would, if I had my time again, I would try and get more focused more quickly. Okay. So what makes you different from other people in your field? I guess it's me that makes me different. You're right. <laughs> it sounds like a silly answer, but I, I feel proud of everything I do every day. Um, I don't, you know, I don't really compare myself to other people. I think actually, if you get into the, the trap of saying, well, you know, he's billed this much this year and she's doing this and she's doing that. I think you find actually it becomes a really negative place to be. Yeah. I think I only really compete with myself. And, you know, I know that my best month I've ever had is £33,000 in a month. So I know that I'm fighting against that. Actually, it doesn't matter to me if someone else is billing fifty grand a month because, you know, their situation and my situation is different. And so yeah. I think what makes me different is definitely me and I think my approach to things is very honest and transparent um, I guess everybody says that though so I'm not sure really what what that means but I think the underlying values that I have that are really ingrained in me from my grandparents I think is I guess that provided I feel proud of myself every day and that my, you know my mum and people like that feel proud of me every day and I can talk my I've got this thing called my nan's my nan benchmark so if I, if I can go and have a conversation with my nan about a deal that I'm doing and I feel confident that it's a fair deal for everybody and and she would agree then I know that that's a deal that I can do you know there's some deals that come up you know things like you know we have deals that come across our table where it might be a little old couple who are having to sell their house cheap to to downsize or to move into care or something like that you know, there are some people in my industry, unfortunately, who will 
screw every possible penny out of it to do themselves a favor and i think that's the wrong way to do business i think the way i earn my money is a consequence of just doing a good job for all the parties involved and i have that kind of my nan as the benchmark is that if i can feel proud telling her about what i'm doing then i know that i'm making the right move against the customers that i've got and i think i genuinely earn my money as a consequence of doing a good job for the mm-hmm. customer i work for so how would a day-to-day role go for you if you're going to come in in the morning what generally happens and when you're saying about um the deals that you do for people how does it get structured uh okay so um a typical day in the life of sarah point and wow um <laughs> it starts with coffee every day lots of I do not function without a hit of caffeine. I try, if I can, if I can, to kind of get out and do a bit of exercise in the morning, a bit of even just a walk, or I go to the gym, I go to weight training with my personal trainer. Um, I tend to do that early because uh, it gets it out of the way because it's not something I really enjoy, if I'm brutally honest. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm definitely not a five a.m. club girl. I'm a, you know, I'm a get up and have a coffee and get on with my day. Mm-hmm. So I try and do my exercise in the morning so I don't have to do it later. And then when I get into the office, I usually do a Facebook Live most mornings with just like a little kind of, I guess, part accountability. I've got a Facebook group, so um, I like to share as much content and value in there as I can. So I do that while I'm making my coffee most mornings. Um, And then depending what part of the business we're concentrating on, it depends on what I do each day. But if I was sourcing and packaging for an investor, for example, we spend a lot of our time doing research into um, the the properties, the you know the returns that we can get, the likelihood of that property being a viable um, move for the investor. Putting together the um, you know speaking to the councils if it's an HMO and finding out what needs to happen to get that property in a good condition. That's all part of the role of being a sourcer. Mm-hmm. So we're sourcing. It's just research. There's a lot of research that goes into it and negotiation because we obviously need to get the prices agreed and all of those sorts of things. If I'm doing things like my development projects, then, you know, it could be me like tomorrow I'm spending the whole day with um, my mentor and my planning consultant and my project manager to um, look over where we're at in the project and, you know, to, to set the next like milestones. So that's a whole day tomorrow. Um, you know, I'm a, I guess you'd call me a property entrepreneur. I don't do the same thing every day. Um, I do a mix of things. And then when I want a day off, I take one. Um, and yeah, you know, I work late some nights, so I'll start early some days. But, you know, I have a pretty nice lifestyle. I'm very lucky to, to have the lifestyle that I have, I think. Do you teach anybody else to do what you do as, uh, as a mentor yourself? Yeah, so um, I, I started as a trainer when I was in recruitment. So I used to train sales and negotiation to like junior recruitment consultants coming into the business. And um, so I've been a trainer for a long, long time. And when I first started the property business, I was asked a lot if I would if I would train people and I said no for a really long time because I really just wanted to concentrate on building my property business. So, you know, Monday to Friday, typically I'll spend running my property business, but then I do have some space in my diary. I do about three clients a month where I do one-to-one training. So if someone wants to start, you know, a rent to rent portfolio or start a, a packaging business or just work on how to develop their their marketing and their sales and you know the the business growth plan then I have one-to-one clients that will come maybe spend two days with me uh, or I did one today that was half a day um and we 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 train in that way I what I don't do is run you know like big big classrooms of 50 or 100 people we have four events a year which focus on skills development but again that's where Clients will come and work on their business with me as their coach as opposed to me just mm-hmm. talking at them. But yeah, we do some training. 
okay and do you have any offers or anything for the transform your wealth and health listeners at all yes ah the the best thing that i would recommend um the listeners to do is to start with my ebook um which basically a guide the ultimate guide to getting started as a property sourcer um mm -hmm. i believe that sourcing property whether you're going to source to keep and build your own portfolio or source to package up and sell for other people you have to learn how to source to start with so um i wrote an ebook that is free to for you guys to download um it will come as a, a pdf on an email um you just put your email address in and it will send it on uh, and yeah I would start with that and then from there you can find out a bit more about what we do. How can people get that ebook and what's the best way to contact you? So the best way to get in touch with me directly is just to email me. So my email address is let's talk L E T S T A L K at rent guaranteed. So R E N T G U A R A N T E E D at the end dot uk so there's no co it's just dot uk um that comes directly to me so i'm happy for you to email introduce yourself let me know all about you and i i will come back to you and um, answer any questions that you've got uh, and also i'll make sure that the link for the download is in the show notes for andy as well thank you just getting towards the end of the show now i ask people um whether they've got any stories that they can tell just to sort of play on our heartstrings a little bit anyone that you've sort of helped that was a bit desperate and down and they've now sort of changed their life around because the whole idea of what i do is to try and help people transition from their point a to their point b and uh, i just wondered if you might have anybody that you've helped spring to mind well interestingly this week i think actually i've had some really good news from two of my students who one's on my one-to-one -one accountability program which is like a weekly um one-to-one -one call which mm -hmm. um she did two days training with me 56 days ago from today um and on friday of last week so it was um like 54 days since she left her training um not only did she do her first deal i.e she's gone through like the, the sourcing process she's negotiated it she's met with the vendors she's managed to uh, make the offer get the offer accepted and all those sorts of things she's not just done one but she's done three with the same vendor wow. she's taken three apartments outside the xl building in london oh that's brilliant that's life changing i mean yeah. the prices down that end of the world as well can be quite horrendous so uh, she may have very well done an incredible deal here yeah she's she's managed to get them on a lease option so right. three apartments on an option the cash flow is going to be about three thousand eight hundred pound net per month so she's gone from zero to that in one deal and she's got them on a five-year purchase lease option agreement which for those of you that don't know what that is it basically means that you rent it and you have the option to purchase it at a pre-agreed price so as the market shifts over the next five years and you know london prices are, are always going to be reasonably high she will be able to make a profit not only in the cash flow every month but also when she exercises her option she will re realize the um, the equity from the capital appreciation of those units as well so yeah it's potentially a life-changing deal that one it, you know for a lot of people three and a half thousand pound a month would more than replace an income you know, I know people that, that have trained with me who are earning, you know, £2,000 a month. So just in that one negotiation, that one agreement, that's given her for the next five years a cash flow of, you know, three, three, it's about £3,800 um, plus the profit that she's going to make when she actually buys them. So, yeah, massive, massive deal. Um, we've had a, I had a client in today and they were struggling with how to raise the finance to complete on a buy-to-let 
deal um mm. I spent half a day basically running through all the different options um and putting together a bit of an action plan and we've kind of um we've actually got the art that you know we've managed to sort it out on the day and she's um that that will be closed out and um completed probably in the next six weeks now so you know it's i think from a in terms of stories every every success that i can talk about in terms of people that i've helped have been the people that have gone out and actually done the work there is no magic pill to this there's no i can give you this information and you will naturally make money um, you have to go out and you have to put into action what you're talking about that doesn't mean you have to do everything overnight even if you just do one thing a day every day um i don't know if anyone's read the slight edge it's a good book if you guys um haven't read that already i'll definitely recommend reading it it basically talks about how your circumstances that you're in now are basically a build-up of all the individual choices that you've ever made so if you decide today that you're going to start choosing tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day forever to do things differently, the results will stack up eventually. But you have to go out and just do a little bit consistently and relentlessly and the results will come. Brilliant. Okay, then. So finishing up now, do you have any little tips or tricks you can give us before you go? Enjoy what you do and be proud of what you do uh, and in terms of i also think it's really important to realize that everything is up for negotiation if you're looking for rental properties ignore the asking price work out your offer make your offer and leave it there if you're looking at sourcing houses to buy then make your offer whatever your offer is that makes it a viable deal for you make your offer leave it there and just keep revisiting it revisiting it because everything's open to negotiation you just need to find the midpoint that works for everybody and that's where the deal is brilliant okay sarah thanks very much for coming on the show my absolute pleasure thank you very much for listening everyone i hope you enjoyed that episode and until next time start transforming your wealth and health now